that. I'm going to do something just very simple tonight, very simple. What a great prayer we had last evening. While we were praying, I was just thinking that perhaps perhaps we need to to take time and talk about prayer uh, in, in depth just a little bit. And perhaps I could give you some, some guidelines uh, on, on prayer. It's a little chart that I discovered several years ago, many years ago, and I've taught about it. It's been many years since I taught it in this church. But uh, I, I made some of them up. I'm going to get Brother David to come and help me hand these out. But you can't read these till you get with me, okay? I don't want you reading all the chart and not paying attention to what I'm going to say. Everybody say amen. Praise God. These, these are things for you to keep, and uh, I don't expect you to pray exactly like this. But, you know, we assume some things. We assume that people just know how to pray. We assume that people just, you know, they just understand prayer, and everybody knows how to pray. And uh, really, you do know how to pray, uh, but there's biblical guidelines in how to pray, and there's things that we need to take note of. I will tell you, prayer is a very powerful tool in the arsenal of the Christian. Well, amen. Prayer is very powerful. Prayer is very necessary. If you don't pray, I, I love what Brother Hale said here on Sunday morning. If you're not reading the Bible and praying, you're not spiritual. You may claim to be, but you're not spiritual if you're not praying and reading the Word of the Lord. Amen. I'm trying to get all my notes together here. But uh, let, me, uh, let me just begin with, with just a couple things to maybe light our fire a little bit. And then I want to talk about prayer. And uh, how many of you have ever got down to pray and it just seems like all the words left you after about five minutes? After about 10 minutes, you were, you were, thought you had said everything you knew to say. I'm, I'm just being real tonight. We just, you know, we, and, and so we start hunting stuff to say. And we, we shouldn't have to hunt anything to say. There's, there's a lot of things that the Bible instructs us to pray and how to pray for. I want to tell you the end is near. Everybody believe that? I preached it Sunday morning. But here's what Peter said in 1 Peter 4 and 7. He said, the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. What I preached here on Sunday morning was very vital because we are certainly, certainly people of the last days. But Peter said, you better be sober about the time you live in. And, and he said, watch unto prayer. That is not a suggestion. That is a commandment of the word of the Lord. The miracles of God come by prayer. Uh, faith is, is, is injected into your prayer, and it moves the throne of God. Jesus one time talking to his disciples when they had failed to, to heal a lunatic boy. And, and they, they brought that same boy to Jesus. And Jesus spoke the word and the boy was healed. Well, the disciples got all upset and they said, Lord, why couldn't we do that? Why, why couldn't we cast out this devil out of this boy. He was a lunatic boy, and, and he was sore vexed. And the Bible said he often fell into the fire and into the water. The devil had a hold of him, but the disciples could not rebuke the devil. They didn't have the power. And when Jesus had done the miracle and they came to him, pulled him aside and said, why could we not cast him out? Jesus said, number one, because you didn't believe it. Because of your unbelief. And then he said, if you just have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, remove ye hence into yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. But this is what he said in that chapter, and I thought it was so powerful. He said, how be it this kind, everybody say it with me, this kind. You know what this kind is? The miracles of God. This kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. If you want the power, if you want the anointing, if you want the glory, 
If you want to see the miracles, you can't buy them with your dollars. You can't get them with your looks. You can't get them with your pedigree. It doesn't matter how long you've been around the church. The only way the power of God comes into our life and we're able to perform the miracles of God is through old-fashioned prayer and fasting. Amen. Help me out here tonight. Jesus said in Matthew 21, when he went into the temple of God, and he cast out the money changers and he loosed their doves and he turned over their tables. He said these words, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer. My house, he didn't say it was going to be a house of singing. He didn't say it was going to be a house of preaching. He didn't say it was going to be a house of programs. He said my house is going to be called a house of prayer. Does anybody understand that number one thing in this church is prayer? I tell you, we could rip this world apart if we would discover the power of prayer in our personal lives. Much less if we come together as a church and we begin to pray all things, all things, not some things. Oh, let me give you scripture, Matthew 21, 22. And all things, Jesus said, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. All things. God made it possible for us to approach him in prayer and for him to perform the miracles that we need. Amen. If prayer was not important, listen very closely, Jesus would not have prayed. We understand that when Jesus prayed, he wasn't, he wasn't praying to another God. We know everybody in this building believes that Jesus was God. God manifest in the flesh. Well, when the flesh of Jesus prayed, he prayed to the Spirit. And when Jesus prayed, it was so that he could bring his flesh into subjection of God Almighty. Listen to me. How do I know that? Because he said this prayer, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. That's his flesh. Nobody wants to die. Nobody wants, nobody wants to go to a cross. Amen? I hadn't seen anybody here. I, I, I don't even like, uh, yeah, I'm just confessing, I don't even like to go without food for one day. Neither do you. If you're normal. I heard somebody say years ago, Brother Billy Cole, if you didn't know Brother Billy Cole, he was, uh, he's, he's dead now, but he was quite a man and quite a preacher and had hundreds of thousands of people receive the Holy Ghost around the world. And uh, he would teach, and, and he, he was about twice as wide as this pulpit, took up two seats on an airplane literally every time he went somewhere. But I heard him say one time, I, I, I'll tell you, you folks that are into this fasting praying, I'm into feasting and believing. That's about where I'm at, Brother Ed. I'm into feasting and believing. But fasting and prayer is necessary. That was a joke, but he, he, he really said that, but it was a joke. But let, let, me, let me just tell you, folks, it's a necessary thing for your flesh to be brought down and into subjection. Prayer will keep you from temptation. Prayer will deliver you out of the hand of the enemy. Amen? Here's what 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 said. Paul was talking to the young preacher, Timothy, and this is what he said. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, first of all, supplications, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men. The first thing you got to do, preacher, Timothy, is you got to have supplications and prayers and intercessions and giving of thanks, be, let it be made for all men. And, and, and when he says that, then he follows with some other things. But the, the, the real deal is times haven't changed anything. If we don't pray, we don't see what God wants us to see. Amen. The early church prayed. The early church prayed. Bible said... Now, in Acts chapter 3 and verse 1, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at, what does that say? The hour of prayer. You know what that tells me? That was every day. 
that was the hour of prayer. That was when they prayed. They went up to the temple in the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And I, 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 don't, I don't know if you believe this or not, but I believe that everyday prayer is necessary. Now, I, I, want, I, want, to make it, I want to make it to where you don't feel like I'm trouncing on you here tonight. That's not what I'm doing. But I thought in the office today while I was getting ready, I, I want to ask this question, and, and, and I will answer for you first. For me, no. But is there anybody here that feels like you've just prayed too much? If you do, I want to talk to you because I want to know your secret. I've never prayed too much. Matter of fact, I've never prayed enough. I don't know of anybody that's ever prayed too much. Amen? I know, I know I've read about people that spend eight hours a day in prayer and ten hours a day in prayer. And, and you know, that's a lot of praying. You say, how in the world do they do that? Well, I'm, I'm going to get to some of that in just a few minutes. But I just want to tell you that we are instructed to pray. Nobody's prayed too much. We need an hour of prayer. The Word instructs us to pray. The Word commands us to pray. As a matter of fact, James said it this way, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed for the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There's such thing as uh, saying grace. There's such thing as saying bedtime prayers. But there is such thing as getting a hold of God. To getting a hold of the horns of the altar as the scriptures talk about. And staying until you touch heaven. And I want to tell you that's what kind of prayer this church needs to learn and needs to know. Some of us do, some of you do, perhaps some don't. But when we pray, it can't be just a bedtime prayer or God is great, God is good, thank you for our food, amen. It can't be, the, look, we're in a habit, we're in a habit, we all Somebody said, say grace. You got the grace you say. I know I do. I know you do. We say the same thing about every time we sit down to eat. I think it's good to honor God that way. Nothing wrong with that. But there comes a time in your life when you need to get in the closet of prayer and you're not saying grace and you're not saying bedtime prayers. You are down to business with God. You're digging deep in the spirit. You're, you're humbling yourself before God and seeking the face of God. Somebody here shout amen. We need unceasing prayer. First Thessalonians, Paul said, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. That means that you, you, you live in a spirit of prayer. You know, if, if, uh, if something happens in our lives, we don't need to be saying the wrong things. If my car is about to go off the road or I'm about to hit somebody, I don't need to say the wrong thing. I need to call on the right name and say that in a spirit of prayer. It has saved many people because they live without praying, without ceasing. I don't think you can go around 24 hours a day praying, but I tell you what, you can have a prayer in your heart and a prayer in your mind. There's many times going down the road that you can pray. There's many times in the quietness of your home, you don't have to be up shouting and talking in tongues. You can just pray and the Holy Ghost come down and the Spirit of God will touch you and the first thing you know, you're in the spirit of prayer and the power of the Lord is all over you. Amen. My mother texted me this evening. She said, she didn't know what I was teaching tonight. She said, I just had a good prayer for you. I said, thank you. I still didn't tell her. But a good prayer, a good prayer will change a lot of things. You believe that? So, so how do you teach your kids to pray? Don't get too quiet on me. How do we teach our young people to pray? You don't take them in a class and say, dot, 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 this is how you pray. Let me tell you how to teach people to pray. You pray. 
I learned to pray because I heard my mama pray. I heard my daddy pray. I come from a praying home. If you want your children to learn to pray, you got to pray in front of them. Just thought I'd throw that in. We ought to pray. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, is what Paul said to Timothy, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. He said, I will that men pray everywhere. Pray everywhere. Pray without ceasing. Pray. Confess your faults. Pray for one another that you may be healed. Pray fervently. Pray effectually. Pray. Now, I'm, I'm saying all of this, but I want to tell you before I go too far, I want, to, I want to get to this chart and talk to you a little bit about how to spend time with God in prayer. Jesus gave us an example. They asked, you know what? The disciples didn't really know how to pray. One time, one of them just stopped and said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Remember that? He didn't get way out there. It was very simple. We know it as what? The Lord's Prayer. But you know what he did? He gave us a, an outline of how to pray. I could have taught on that tonight and taught for an hour on that. But it starts this way. He said, pray after this manner. This is what he told them. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He said, pray like this. Pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Pray like this. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, that's a short prayer, but he said, if you want to get God's attention, pray after this manner. Now, notice with me, and you have your chart, notice with me that when he started telling them how to pray, he started, first of all, with praise. Amen? We enter into his courts with thanksgiving. Amen? We, we come into his courts with praise. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. We come into his courts with praise. To get into the presence of God, you've got to start by praising God. On your little chart, I'm looking at the same one you are, there is a a number one there, and under that one is praise. Out beside that, there's some scriptures because you begin all prayer with praise. Praise gets God's attention. Help me out here. The Bible said God inhabiteth what? The praise of his people. You know why we have worship service here on Sunday morning? You know why we start by lifting our hands, lifting our voice, lifting our hearts to God? This is simple stuff, but you've got to understand this. It's not just a routine. It's because when you start praising God, you get God's attention, and you are in his presence. Praise will issue you into the presence of God. You'll find some scriptures written out all over by that number one. One of them is Psalms 22 and 3, and this is what it said. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. You'll find Psalms 63 and 3. It says, because of thy, this is the way you start praying. Because of thy loving kindness is better than life. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Perhaps you could kneel and, and, and talk about Hebrews 13 and 15 that said, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. So when you kneel to pray or when you stand to pray or whenever you pray, always start your prayer with praise. Let me ask you an honest question. 
can you, can you praise God for five minutes? Think about that. Could you think of enough to say about God to spend five minutes of prayer and praise? I want to tell you, I promise you this. If you really pray from the heart and you are praising God and you praise him for five minutes, when you get through with that five minutes, you will be in the presence of God. Amen. Never fails. Everybody said amen. So, so then, and, and I'm, I'm not going to go through the, the Lord's Prayer, but I, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take this chart and I'm going to talk about it because everything that's in the Lord's Prayer is here. If you were going to pray five more minutes, that would be number two. Then the next thing you do is you, you don't want anything to block your spiritual progress. You want a complete line of communication with God. Amen? So forgiveness... Forgiveness is a complete pouring out of any feeling that might develop against anyone during the day, even a small root of bitterness. This is in your notes. Will quickly grow into a serious problem. So the second thing you do is you say, Lord, this is my favorite prayer. I just got to be, I'm just such a, I, I guess I'm a big old crybaby. When I get in the presence of the Lord, this is what I ask him early on in my prayer. Lord, create in me a clean heart. And renew in me a right spirit. I want, to be re I want to be right, Lord. If there's sin in my life, I want you to dig out all the, the hidden sin. I want you to look into the deep corners of my mind. I don't want to hide anything. Because let me tell you, you're not hiding anything. Nobody else may know, but you believe this preacher, God knows. Amen? You, you may hide it from mama, daddy, sister, brother, husband, wife, family, friends, pastor, saints, comrades, work. You may hide it from everybody, but you never hide anything from God. So it's better to open your heart and to ask God for forgiveness. And, and, and not only ask God for forgiveness, but forgive those who have trespassed against you. Forgive those who have done anything to you. I could spend the rest of my Bible study here tonight, seriously, I'm not just saying this, talking about forgiveness because here's what people think. Well, you can just get down and pray and have a 10-minute prayer and ask God to forgive you and you leave hate and malice and envy in your heart. I don't want to be, I don't want to be the preacher of doom tonight, but you have just wasted 10 minutes because you God will not forgive you if you don't forgive people. That's pretty tough, isn't it? Don't tell me who, but there's somebody in your mind right now you have a hard time forgiving. Yeah. It might be me. I don't know. But everybody, everybody has issues. But we as Christians... And we as people of God, if we're going to pray the prayer of faith and get the attention of God and be what God wants us to be, no wonder he said in his word, forgive us as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. You know what he's saying? I'm going to forgive you, but I'm going to forgive you like you forgave David Bowler. I'm going to forgive you, but I'm going to forgive you like you forgave the guy last week that did you wrong. Amen? So forgiveness, I don't think anybody would have a hard time spending five minutes asking God for forgiveness and forgiving other people. So there's 10 minutes of your prayer already there. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. Lay this thing down in front of you next time you pray and say, I'm going to walk into the presence of God with praise. I'm going to forgive, and I'm going to ask God to forgive. Oh, it won't be long before this page will be gone and you'll be in the presence of God. Let me tell you, it's very hard to pray an hour when you're just going through the motions. Not many people pray an hour anymore. Just being honest. But I'll tell you what Jesus did. He left his disciples to pray and he said, could you not pray with me one hour? 
could you just pray with me one hour? I wonder if he walked into this room tonight. And look, I'm not judging you. I, you may pray three hours a day. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not your judge. God didn't call me to be your judge. But, but I wonder if he walked in here tonight and said, could you not pray with me one hour? I wonder if, how many of us could honestly answer and say, I can, Lord. I can. So when you get through with forgiveness and you've prayed prayers of forgiveness for yourself and for others, then it's a great time to go into confession, just confessing to God. Early in the complete prayer clock, you got to deal with your sin. You got to, you, if you hide things from God, I'm going to say it again, he's not going to hear you. Rid yourself of sin. That's in your note. That's, if you see little underlines, and it's because I didn't have a chart that wasn't marked up. And I marked them all up. So you, you've got one that's all marked up. Rid yourself of sin. Get the road clear where you can pray with power and anointing. Confess. Confess. That's a tough word, isn't it? Confess. You know what the Bible said? Little children, don't sin. But if you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father. And the Bible furthermore says, if we confess our sin, not if we hide our sin, but if we confess our sin, somebody finish that for me. God is faithful and just to forgive our sin. Aren't you glad of that tonight? There are no perfect people in this house. Aren't you glad of that tonight? Aren't you glad that when you make a mistake, you can fall before the Lord and he becomes your personal attorney and goes to God for you and you have an advocate, a lawyer with Jesus Christ, the righteous, who is the mediator between man and God and he can take our case to the Lord Almighty and he will forgive us of our sin if we will just simply come to grips with who we are and what we are and confess our sins and ask God to forgive us. Amen? Then, so you've got 15 minutes covered. Then you can pray five minutes and petition God. Well, that's what we do most of the time anyway. We petition God. Let me, let me go back to confession. I want to read that. I want to read what, well, it's the very scripture that I gave you a while ago. Search me, O God, David said in 139 Psalms. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Here's what else the psalm said, 66 and 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Well, so if you're not ready to ask for forgiveness and let the blood of Jesus cover you, you might as well go eat an ice cream cone. You're wasting your time praying. Amen. That's harsh, preacher. No, that's just fact. If you regard sin, iniquity in your heart, he said, the Lord won't hear you. Amen. So let me go to petition. This, this is, we, we find scriptures in James chapter 4. Let me lay this right here. James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Everybody say this with me. You have not because you ask not. But look at verse 3. Ye ask and receive not, because ye ask amiss, that ye may consume it upon your lust. There are some things that you don't need that are your fleshly lust. And if you ask for things that are not good, God will not give them to you. Amen? Here's the, here's the, here's the thing we got to understand. How many of you ever raised a kid? Come on, let's just be. Anybody here? I'm talking about from the youngest to the oldest. You got kids, you raised kids. Would, do you know kids don't believe it, but we know better than they do when they're kids? 
Amen? We know better. And when they are throwing a fit in the grocery store and wallowing on the floor and you're as embarrassed as all get out and dragging them by one arm and they're kicking and screaming in the buggy and when they go in the toy store and grab up a toy and you try to put it back on the shelf and they go to screaming like a Comanche Indian, we know better than they know. Well, guess what? God knows better than we know. And everything we ask God for, he's not going to give it to us. And if you keep asking him, you could get in trouble. Because he gave to Israel the desire of their heart, but it was not what God wanted them to have. When they prayed for a king, they said, everybody else has got a king. We want a king. I can take and show it to you in the scripture. They said, we want a king like every other nation. The Lord said, you got prophets. You got Samuel. You don't need a king. But he said, they said, no, no, we want a king. You know what the, the, the book of Psalms said about Israel in that request? He said this. The writer said, God gave them their request, but he sent leanness to their soul. You got what you wanted, but it's not going to pan out like you think it is. Anybody ever pressured God that you got something you thought you wanted, and then when you got it, you say, what in the world am I doing with this? Huh? Then you look over your shoulder and said, boy, God, why'd you let me have this? Because you kept on. You're just like a kid in the grocery store. You kept on. Amen. So we petitioned God. James talked about it. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, or verse 9 through 13 said this. After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Pray ye. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It's the Lord's prayer again. But he said, he said this. You petition God in verse 11 by this. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us what we need today, Lord. Give us the mercies of God. Give us the power of God. Your daily bread is not wholesome or sunbeam. It's, it's, it's not even great value. It's, it's daily bread from God is the word of God and the truth of God and the power of God, the anointing of God, the conditions that God wants to raise you up to be a healthy Christian. He feeds you with daily bread. Hmm. Amen. So you petition God. You take your needs to the Lord. You cast all your cares on him. You say, God, I got to have some help here. I need some help raising my kids. I need my light bill paid. Nothing wrong with that. I need you to help me, Lord, in my finances. I need you to help me in my marriage. I need you to help me, Lord. There's nothing wrong with petitioning God. Everybody said amen. And then when you've got that, you've got 20 minutes of prayer, and it's that easy. But the next five minutes, you can spend in intercession. Intercession is, is prayer for others. Praying for, for the lost and praying for your family and praying for your children, your mom, your dad. Intercession is God's love flowing through this church. Oh, that we might le learn to be intercessors in the 21st century. Intercessory prayer. There's nothing more powerful than intercessory prayer. I want to tell you, I believe in my heart, there's some people say because of praying mothers and praying daddies and praying aunts and praying uncles that we have stood in the gap and stopped people from going to hell because of intercessory prayer. I wish somebody would hear me tonight. Intercession is important. 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2 said this, I, I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, I've already read it, prayers, and then he said intercessions. Somebody said with me, intercessions. That's, that's when you don't, you, you can't just pray for you. When you have cleared everything out and you've forgiven and you've petitioned God and you've praised God, it's time to intercede for the world. There's a lost world. You know what the Bible said in the Old Testament? It's the only time. I challenge you to go look this up. It's the only time in the Bible God ever wondered. We've all wondered many times. But the only time in the Bible that God ever wondered, that it says God wondered, the Bible said, and God wondered that there was no intercessor. 
There was nobody to pray. There was nobody to stand in the gap. Moses stood in the gap for Israel. I tell you what he did. He said, God, if you're going to blot Israel out, you blot me out too. He stood in the gap, and he was called the friend of God. God God heard Moses because he stood in the gap. Let me tell you something. Abraham stood in the gap for Lot and, and, and his family. He stood in the gap. He petitioned God. He interceded for that man, that, that nephew. He wanted God to save him out of Sodom. He said, Lord, if I can just find 50 righteous people, would you save my nephew? Oh, yeah, I'll do that. But he couldn't find him. And you know the story, how that he bargained with God and interceded with God all the way down to 10. And God couldn't find 10 righteous people in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. But let me tell you, God saved Lot because of Abraham. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. So we become intercessors in our prayer. Matthew 9, 37, 38. Read it. Then saith he, talking about Jesus, and to his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray, pray ye, pray ye. That's what he told his disciples. Pray ye, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Would you just pray for God to send revival? Would you just pray for God to stir a soul? Would you just pray for God to send somebody to the altars of repentance? Would you pray for those lost people that you meet every day? We need intercessory prayer in this church, and you need to do it in your personal life. Somebody here shout amen. I'm hurrying. I got 15 minutes and I'll be through. And then I love this. I love this number six. It just says, read the Bible. Read the Bible. Just stop while you're praying. And have you ever done this? Just open the Word of God. You ever done that, brother? Just open the Word of God. I love to open it to the book of Psalms. More praise, more worship. Book of Psalms. Just open your Bible and start. How would it be if you was praying and you just open it up and I just open mine to Psalms 125 and while I'm praying I just start reading this. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion which cannot be removed but abideth forever. Ha! Huh? That alone ought to light your fire. Pray the word of God. Do you believe God is bound by his word? Do you believe God knows what you're saying when you quote his word back to him? Mm. So read the Bible. It may surprise you. It may surprise you what happens. Psalms 19 and 9 said it this way. Psalms, I believe I got, yeah. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous together. Read the word of the Lord. Let me hurry. Then, then, then there comes a time in your prayer that you don't need to be saying anything. You need to meditate. Do you, does, does everybody understand what meditate is? To meditate, you're not sitting there saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. You're not, you're not praying prayers of petition or intercession. You're just in the presence of God. You're just feeling after God. You've now spent time petitioning God and interceding and confessing and forgiving and praising and reading the word. So now there's meditation. Here's, I love this scripture, one of my favorite of all the Bible. It, it, it's found in Psalms chapter 1, and this is what it said. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But verse 2 said this, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night, always on my mind, always in my heart, always thinking about the things of God. Well, in your prayer, there comes a time when you need to meditate. Psalm 77 and 12 said, I will meditate also all thy works and talk of thy doings. Sometimes you don't need to say a word. You just need to think of the goodness of God. Think of the miracles of God. I don't care how many times you thought about them before, think about them again. 
Think about the Word of God. Think about the power of God. Think about what God has done and how many prayers He's answered in your life. Think about those things. Hallelujah. Meditate. Think on these things. Then, well, you've got 35 minutes of prayer. Why don't you just stop and give God some thanksgiving? Although you probably are giving God thanksgiving all throughout your prayer, it says on this chart, spend a special time thanking God out loud for his provision and his goodness. Thank you, Lord, for this house today. I wouldn't be here if you didn't give it to me. Thank you, God, for the car I drive today. I want to thank you for providing meals for my family. That's little things, but you know what? We've got a lot to thank God for. Thank you for the shoes on my feet. Thank you, Lord, for everything you've done for me. Oh, I got a lot to thank God for. Spend a little time giving God thanksgiving. Then, I've said it already, read the Bible, but pray the word. Personally apply out loud the precepts of the Bible. I can't tell you how many times I pray and I say to God, God, you said. So I'm holding you to your promise. Because the promises of God are yea and amen. And when you start quoting back the scriptures that you've learned and read, God, you said, whatsoever we ask in prayer, believe in it shall be done. You said it, Lord. There, are, there is nothing impossible with you. With us, it's impossible. But God, you said, with you, there are no impossibilities. When you start giving that word back to him, I say it again, he's bound by his word. Amen. I'm hurrying. Singing. You say, Pastor, I can't carry a tune in a syrup bucket. It don't matter. It doesn't matter to God. You don't have to sing pretty. You just got to sing with, a, with your heart. The Bible said, serve the Lord with gladness, Psalms 100 and verse 2. Come before his presence with singing. Come before his presence with singing. Now, you can laugh, you can make fun of me. There's many times that I'm praying, and I just stop and start singing. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. I don't have an audience, but he's the audience. It's not about the tune. It's about singing from the heart. So in your prayer, sing a new song. Say it to God. Pick out something that means something to you. No matter of a fact, in the New Testament, the Bible said in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 19, I think I've got that written down. Yes, I do. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's what we're instructed to do. Don't mean you got to sit on the platform, grab a microphone, sing a special. But when you're in a closet of prayer, it's okay to sing before the Lord and sing however you feel and sing whatever you want. Amen? Praise God. Listening. Wow. So we've spent 50 minutes, and now we're just listening to God. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 and 12 said, He said, Go forth and stand upon the mount of the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and a strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. You may not be in a spectacular earthquake and a consuming fire and a mighty rushing wind, but you may hear him in the stillness of prayer when you listen for the voice of God. He may not even talk audibly, but you can hear him in your heart. Some of you know what I'm talking about right now. You've been there. You felt that little 
powerful anointing and impression upon your spirit and you knew that God was saying something to you, that he was speaking something in your mind and your spirit. And so you listen and you listen. Prayer is not always talking. Sometimes it's just listening to God. So you spent 55 minutes. Guess what you go back to? You come in with praise. You go out with praise. Now, that's not to say you have to spend five minutes on every subject. I'm just giving you this for a little prayer guideline. I dare you to try this. and It doesn't matter. You may spend three minutes on forgiveness and ten minutes on confession and, and five minutes on petition. And you may, you may spend, that's not what it's, I'm not relegating that to a time. I'm just saying if we spent five minutes on every one of those and then came back in, I'm going to tell you, when you get through doing all that, you're going to want to praise God again. And you start praising him and magnifying him and loving him. And I'm helping you learn to pray. When you get in the presence of God, praise comes easy. Praise comes naturally. Praise just explodes from the soul because you realize how good God's been and what God's doing. You feel faith in your heart. You feel the power of God in your soul. And so you start praising him again. Matthew 6 and 13, I'm reading the last scripture. The Bible said in the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then he said it this way. This is the way you end the prayer, Jesus said. For thine is the kingdom, and thine is the glory. Thine is the power, and thine is the glory forever. Amen. Anybody can pray if you'll just follow the instructions of the Lord. Amen. I said anybody can pray if you just follow the instructions of the Lord. There's enough in this book. Don't, be, don't let the devil tell you you don't know how to pray. You know how to pray. Here's what I tell people. I'm, I'm, I'm closing right now. Here's what I tell people. I've had many, many people say, well, Pastor, how do you pray? Well, here's how you pray. You talk to the Lord like he is your best friend because he is. Amen. It's that simple. If you're going to call your friend tonight, your best friend, and, and, uh, and you wanted to just talk serious stuff with him, you'd, you'd pick up the phone and you'd say, Hey, David, I've been going through a tough time. I need you to help me. Help me pray. Help me believe. Help me stand. And you start just talking from the soul and delivering the things that you feel to your friend. Well, let me tell you about Jesus. He's the best friend you've ever had. And he will hear you. He will not ignore you. He will hear you. Look, look we, we got it all wrong sometimes. Don't get me wrong. I love worship. And I love prayer. And I love outward prayer. But I don't think we ought to just pray outwardly. I think we ought to pray inwardly, our, our closet of prayer, so that God will bless us outwardly. But I, I, can I say something about hurting y'all's feelings? Well, you know I'm going to say it anyway, so. <laughs> I don't want to hurt your feelings, but you know I'm going to say it anyway. But here it is. You ready? When we say, let's pray, let's pray. When we say, lift your hands and let's ask God to heal these people, it doesn't. Y'all don't get mad at me. It doesn't need to be this. When we say, let's pray, it needs to be, Lord, we need you right now. Somebody needs to lift your voice in prayer. Somebody needs to lift your head in prayer. Don't put your head down. Get your head up. Get your hands up. Receive what God's got for you right here in this room. When we come to worship and come to praise God, we say let's pray. We don't need quiet prayer. We need exploding prayer. We need powerful praying. We need somebody to step out with a loud voice and say, God, we believe in you for a miracle. We believe in you for the signs and the wonders that we've been looking for. We don't need you to just mumble a prayer and whisper to God. We need to open up and pray unto the Lord. Lord, stand all over the house with me. Hope I've helped you tonight. It's just, it's just necessary stuff. 
I've been pastor a long time now, and, and, and I've seen a lot of things and a lot of people and a lot of stuff come and go. But let me just tell you something. I've never seen anything work better than what I'm teaching about tonight. I mean, I love all our programs, all of our ideas, and I love all the people that are involved. And we got some of the greatest people in the world in this church, just wonderful, wonderful people. And God keeps adding to that. But let me just tell you, we got, we got to, we can't just be friends. We can't just be comrades. We can't just be rubbing shoulders in the church. We got to be prayer warriors and people that know how to touch God. If we touch God, listen to me. If we, I got two minutes. If we touch God in this church. In our personal lives, in, in our prayers at home, and in these prayer rooms, and on First Monday prayer, that doesn't mean every week, by the way. Somebody said it will be here Monday, but we, we're doing this the first Monday of every month, and it may get more than that as time goes. I don't know, but I'm going to see how we do on the first Monday of every month. Last night was good, and it was Tuesday, but, but we didn't do Monday because of a holiday. But listen, listen, if, when, when, you, when we start praying, Something, something's about to give. Here's what Jesus said. When you pray, everybody say when you pray. He did not say if you pray. He expected us to pray. He said, don't pray on the street corner so everybody can hear you. Well, don't use that stuff for church either. This is not a denominal church. This is an apostolic church. Amen? It ain't going to be quiet in here. Not long as I'm here, it ain't. I'll turn this thing up so loud you have to, your ears will bleed. It ain't going to be quiet in here. That ain't what God wants. But let me tell you something. When we, here's what he said. Don't pray on the street corner for men to praise you. Don't, don't do it so men can hear. But here's what you do. You go to a closet of prayer. You get by yourself somewhere, and you, a closet might be your car. A closet might be your kitchen. A closet might be your bedroom. I don't care where you pray. But here's what you do. You get alone, and you pray. Because when you pray secretly, what's God going to do? He's going to reward you openly. That's the Bible. I didn't make that up. That's the Bible. So what did you say? Let's develop our prayer life at home. Let's develop our prayer life here. I told the group that was here last night, first Monday prayer is going to be great, but we have prayer rooms here. And if you could possibly get, I know Wednesdays especially are tough because people are getting off work. Some of you barely getting time here for church. But if you can get to the prayer room on Wednesdays, go to the prayer room. If you can get here early enough on Sundays, go to the prayer room. Have a talk with God before you come to church because when we pray secretly, God rewards openly. Let's pray and seek God for the things of God in this church. Everybody said amen. Lift your hands and let's thank the Lord for the word of the Lord. Father, thank you today for your word. Thank you for the things that you've given us to live by and to learn and what you proved to us over time. Thank you, Lord, for the mercies of God, for the goodness of God. We give praise and honor to you today, Lord. We know that you're the almighty God. Our prayers, O oh Lord, have to be continually coming before you. We believe your word. We stand upon your promises. We take it by faith today in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and everybody here said amen.